just this is the wonderful part where we have to keep talking because LinkedIn LinkedIn cuts us off. You know, nothing we can do about it. But hey, everyone, I am Jim Gast with No Law From Left Behind, and I'm joined today by Dave Myers uh, with Buckingham and our wonderful, wonderful, most awesome, awesome guest, Defeya Diaz. Uh, we lovingly call her Day because we've known her for so long, and she's such a great personality. Uh, does such a great job in her area of law. Day, we're going to talk about niching and, and and such in in a in a practice area for today. But I'd love for you to just kind of tell everybody who you are, what you do, and what you're all about. Thank you very much for the invitation. I love to be with you guys today, and thank you very much for everybody that is listening. So when I explain what I do, it is I say that I'm a transmuter. Uh, so I transmute pain, the most horrible and biased uh, situations into love, freedom and opportunity. And I do that by being an immigration attorney. My clients come to me because they seek representation but by being a victims of crimes, felonious assault, rape, domestic violence, aggravated robbery. Minors that have come to the country because they are seeking, they are fleeing for church or seeking for refugee. So this, I'm just a tool, a box just full of tools, and they use me so they can have freedom, abundance, satisfaction, fulfillment in the United States. That's awesome. And and so what's interesting today, um, and, and we've known you again, we've known you for what, 10, ten years, years e- 10 years, easy, easy 10 mm-hmm. years. And, uh, and so having you on is such, such a fun, fun thing and a joy, but what from a, from a marketing and a business perspective day, what you represent today on the show is not only fantastic uh, immigration attorney, but the power of niching for attorneys, Right. And we talked about that a little while ago about how how it's not um, it's not that you just kind of like tell us how you got into doing what you're doing. Just tell us. I mean, you know, niching is really focusing on an area, you know, and and becoming the go to party for it. How did you get there? Um, it is a little bit by coincidence, but also knowing and trusting that the universe is going to put you in the spot that you have to be. So it is aligning yourself and also detaching from the burden of expectations that your parents, society, and sometimes even yourself have a, mm-hmm. about you. Mm-hmm. So I think that, well, I, I think that it started a long time ago. So I did a session when the pandemic started about knowing your why with Simon Sinek. So, you know, you you have to tap into your self-conscious about why you're doing what you do right now. Um, And so I started, I think, this journey when I was 10 years old and it was in Mexico. And I saw a kid that was selling candy in one of the stop, you know, in the stop signs. And I I got to ask my mom why, you know, why he's selling those candies. And I also saw the parents just just sitting in the corner because you feel pity for a boy instead of an adult, right? Mm-hmm. So um, at that point, my mom ca- have kept asking me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And at that point I said, you know, as any kid will dream, I wanted to be the president of Mexico. So I can't, I can't avoid that people like kids are suffering. So I think that back in then I started with this innate feeling that I wanted to help. And everybody says that, you know, when I interview people, I say, everybody says, I want to help, but I wanted to help people that have, that are vulnerable, 
So somehow I started with that and seeking through Mexico, I volunteer in Yale, you know, like women that are in Yale, then came into the United States, I met Lewis, and uh, he pointed out to me, you know, immigration law, and then victims of crime, uh, kids that have been neglected, abused, or abandoned, and uh, it just happened, you know, it's just defining what is pulling you and trusting the process, which I think that is very difficult, just to trust that is something great for you that I will align with your purpose. It, it's actually, it's actually sometimes when you, it's, it's scary enough to hang your hat and, and, and hang your shingle as an attorney, you know, and then to only align yourself with a certain practice area, right? Sure. You could have said, okay, I'm going to do estate planning for everybody, or I'm going to do a DR for everybody, you know, but you knew your purpose and it just kind of drove you into that niche. I mean, are you, were you afraid when you started doing this about um, that you wouldn't have enough clients? It didn't even cross my mind, honestly. I mean, I didn't have anything to lose because at that point I didn't have a son. I wasn't married. I didn't have any mortgage. I, I, you know, I was very poor. So I I didn't have anything to lose rather to just pursue what I wanted. However, you know, if I would have to put, you know, like pay some bills, I will be more hesitant. However, you know, what I will say is I would use my rocking chair test. So if by the end of the, your life, you're in a rocking chair, right? You cannot, you're like, "Mm, I cannot even talk anymore. You know, like you are very old and you are going to be regretting the things that you didn't do, then jump for it. So if you think that you cannot do, you must do. Yeah, that's good sense. Dave, Dave, this, you know, I, I, as I said earlier, uh, just before the show, as I'm writing up our, our post today for the show, you know, Dave's a fantastic example. Dephilia's an, ex- you know, I go back and forth with Dave and Dephilia. Um, I like them both, by the way, um, of course. But I, 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 I thought of you, Dave, when, uh, when we're talking about the show today about, um, about how, you know, before you were guardian ad litem, you were M&A, tax law, you know, kind of, you, you, you weren't niched, but you had, you had honed in certain things. And then you came with, with, with me at SpliceNet and, uh, and got the knock from Buckingham because of your area of expertise had really narrowed in. And, oh, yeah, you happen to be an attorney, too. Wow, what a fantastic thing. You know, and that's actually one of the things that I wanted to ask, Day, when it comes to niching, there's always the chicken and the egg Mm -hmm. situation. Did you find that you built up a, a knowledge base in order to help a certain group? Or was it helping the certain group and saying, I'm going to help a certain group? that allowed you to build up the particular knowledge base? That's a phenomenal question. And I'm just buying some time to use it. <laughs> Which is just fine by us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that um, in my whole life, I have trust my intuition so much that when Lewis, my business partner said, because he's, I came back to Cincinnati because I met my husband and I didn't know what to do because I, my purpose it was going to be to stay in D.C. So when I came back and I reached out to Lewis, he said, come and work with me. And I said, no, thank you, because you do the art and criminal work. And I really dislike that. 
he said, but there is um, an area of law that there's not much practice that is UBSAS, Victims of Crime and uh, SHS for Kids. And he just said that. And I said, okay, well, I will take a look. So I will say that it just happened hand to hand that mm-hmm. I he didn't have any, he said, I have a couple of cases, see if you like it. So he gave me the cases and then I bought a book because I, ha- I have no clue and I love books. I'm so nerdy. So I bought a book and uh, it was so, it, it just connected. So I, I, I don't know if it's the right, there is a right recipe, Dave. Like, you know, you first wait for the clients and then you acquire the knowledge. It is like a, they can they have to be both like this, you know? Mm-hmm. I think so, you know? If I would say, for example, if I wanted to bring or open my practice to business immigration, which I don't have it right now, I would say, okay, I would take a case where I feel connected where I feel that I wanted to just dive, you know, throw myself in it because then you're going to be pulled into doing research, pulled right. into that. And mm-hmm. then you, is it something that I like? And then I will say, well, talk about it. And, you know, you can, you can get referrals from that. Yes. So, yeah. So, so sort of the natural follow on question to that. And this one's a little this one's an easier question than the last one. Because <laughs> um, the last one, by the way, they, I agree with you 100% on the two go hand in hand. And I think the intuition and the desire that, you know, I want to work with this particular area or this particular demographic or whatever your niche is. It has to be something that you're passionate about. As soon as you go after something you're passionate about, you'll do the work necessary uh-huh. to do it well. And so I think the, the 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 key thing is, and I think I know your answer on this, for anyone out there listening to this show who might not be niched right now and might say, well, I don't know how I would go and get niched. What what would you say the first thing that they would want to do is? Ooh, that's I think that's a tougher question than the first one, Dave. I think that you have to have massive action. You have to do something. Uh, you know, it is very interesting of, of uh, you know, a lot of people, and it's just not attorneys. I think that that's a pandemic about it. Yeah. I, I really don't know what to do, you know, but I wanted to do something that is that, that, that pulls me, I think, you know. Um, I would say just do it now. You know, get up and do it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people just say, you're so intense, Dave. Yeah, well, you you have to do it and try it out and say, and be very honest with yourself. And say, okay, I didn't like it. Why you don't like it? And then try it out. The thing with this, it is people um, like to be comfortable. And when they are uh, tired at the end of the day, they don't want to just keep working on something else that is different from what they have done so yeah there's a lot of pain but they, everything it goes with uh, what do you also save more pain and pleasure with mm-hmm. so uh if you say okay it's gonna be i have to break the barrier of being trying something different at the end of my working day nine to five whatever it is but that possibly is going to bring me more pleasure at the end of the road then you have a huge leverage leverage on yourself like, for example, my husband, which is not an attorney, but it's a great example. I have been drilling this because he's a designer. He's a creative mind. He's an artist, an artistic mind. 
So being he's, he designs, but he doesn't design everything that he wants. So he have discovered that forging knives is something where he likes to do it. So he goes Wednesday from six to nine and I don't get to see him in the evening, but that's okay because he's doing something that he likes, you know, what about forging? Yeah. Like, you know, hammering a knife, you know, and, and then the, the blades and the colors that he puts, and it's just a piece of art, which is the same thing that you have to do. So I think that it will say, do it, try an error and then allow yourself to say, I don't want it. Yes. I want to know more about this or I want to ship something and then just be bold. I think that is something that um, be bold and, Let's enjoy the failure, the gift that failure has. Oh, gosh. Why is everybody so afraid of failure? I mean, you learn so much through it. And, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, yeah, of course, we love success. Everybody wants success. Just like we said, you know, we, we're not doing this for, you know, for, for yeah, we do sometimes do things for charity, of course. But, you know, we need money to survive, right? And, and, and do what we want to do in life. But you said just go do it. And I love that. Just do it. Just get up and go do it. Uh, don't be afraid. You know, failure is going to come and you're going to learn from that failure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I will ask both of you, you, you two have kids, right? Yes. Okay. So how many times do you praise your kids? You praise more for fail, fails or you praise more for, uh, for success. So, well, sorry, you know, sorry, and that's ingrained in us. That's something that we teach. It's not something that we are just we we came like this. So Sarah Blakely, the um, the one that invented Spanx, which I don't think that you knew because it's for women. Um, so <laughs> anyway, so whatever. So she just sold her business. So everybody that is an entrepreneur, you know, we want an exit strategy, right? So she just sold her business for I think one or two more millions, right? So it is just tights, Spanx. Uh, and her father, which is used, he was an attorney, every single time at the table, asked her, why did you fail? So if she didn't have an answer for him, it was like, okay, you didn't do enough today because you're not pushing yourself to a limit where you're not trying enough, something new where you're failing at. So it means that you're not learning. You know, I, uh, I tell my kids, you know, when something doesn't go their way and I say, I say to them, remember that it's, it's a percentage game, Right. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. And then you're going to succeed. You're mm -hmm. going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. Every failure puts you much that much closer to that next, next success. And I think that's important. So today I want to get back to talking about your practice and talking about uh, how you're so connected. Um, I, 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 I will tell you that uh, I want to hear you tell people the story of the painting behind you, because it's such a beautiful painting, by the way. Oh, the painting. Here. Yeah. That's a great painting. This painting. Oh, yeah, right, right there, okay. right there. So it is a Frida Kahlo. I don't know if you knew who Frida Kahlo. Okay, she she was, she said, she was um, a painter, a Mexican painter okay. that uh, was alive through uh, the communism era. So she okay. was a rebel. So I, I love it just because of that, right? Yeah. Uh, so it was painted by one of my clients uh, that I met when I initially started working as an immigration attorney and uh, he was a victim of a crime. It took years for him to get his uh, work permit. So for him to be able to get a better job and uh, he works at Amazon now. And but his true desires here, you know, his gift, 
it is in the arts. And I think that all his family has that gene. And uh, it, when it, there was um, competition in Amazon about art and talent, he drew this painting. Um, and it was an expression of himself and he didn't want it to sell it, anybody that he was offering. And then when he showed it to me, I'm like, I wanted to have it, please. And uh, so when I see him, his transformation or how he arrived to the to my office at first, and then look at him that he's excelling and being able to have the time to paint because before he didn't, you know, it for me, it is an example. Right now he's in the process to get a green card. So the best status of that any immigrant can get in the United States. So he's going to be safe in the country. Yep. Um, for me, it is a reminder of the transformation and the opportunity and the space that we each, that all the humans deserve to have in this planet. So mm -hmm. despite of borders, despite of our colors, and um, I always wanted to, uh, to just think about who said that I was going to be Mexican, you know, who decide that, who decide that they was going to be, have a fairer skin than me, who decide that, right? So um, that is a reminder for the greatest opportunities that each another have, but yet we have not had the time to exploit and they're dormant. So. You said it earlier that 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 exemplifies your I think with Simon Sinek, you said was your why, yeah. right? That that gives you motivation. I said you know, it earlier. Go ahead, Dave, please. You know, there's something else that I want to jump in here mm -hmm. and I want to make a comment. And, and, and when we look at a painting behind you and we look at somebody following their passion, mm -hmm. somebody who takes and I know nothing about art, so I'm going to probably butcher this, all right? I don't know if it's oil or watercolor or whatever that's made out of, okay? Whatever mm -hmm. media was used for that painting. This artist took this, these, these probably handful of colors and through this skill and this passion used this, these tools to create this awesome thing that you now are benefiting from having on your wall. You know, you mentioned at the onset of the show that you look at yourself as being a set of tools. Yeah. That, you know, really you're more than just a set of tools. You're also the person using the tools to create, you know, this real living, breathing painting of these people that now have a success that they didn't have before, just like sure. your artist friend did and it's just but you only get there because of that desire which i think comes back to the idea of niching yeah yeah it really is yeah. you're live you're a living example of what you're doing for your customers your clients mm -hmm. oh, thank you i appreciate that that's fantastic i i really don't, don't know how i ended up here you know and uh it, it was um every i i think that it you get rewarded in public for what you practice inside or you're behind doors. I don't know how is the phrase, yeah. but um, my husband said, Oh my goodness, that you spend so much time in your head. It's driving me crazy, you know? Um, and I think that that's what it has been. You know, I always question myself, like I'm a happy, not a happy in the sense, like, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm genuinely feeling fulfilled and grateful. You know, that doesn't mean that I don't have bad days. Yes, I have many bad days every day, but I don't stay there. 
and I don't stay there because I know what is my purpose. And I do weird things, weird things. I have walk on fire with Tony Robbins and uh, like, like it's fire. Like, wow. Yeah, so right. yes, because it's, it's stretching yourself. You have to be committed to stretch yourself, to live outside of the boundaries and who, you know, like the boundaries that somebody put there. Um, so yeah. Yes, I, I woke up at 4.30 every day to work out, to meditate, to journal, to read. Um, so that's something also that I, I wish that the, more attorneys can do that to set, instead of being a little bit like robotic, you know. Um, I like to have a lot of color because, you know, sometimes attorneys tend to go to a brown, so much brown. And um, so... Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just so blessed. So I love you, your words. And, and you can tell. Just, just, I mean, look at look at the beautiful outfit you have on right now. I mean, you know, it's. I mean, it's not stereotypically an attorney outfit, right? It's it's an expression of you. And so you know, by finding your your why, which is your niche, okay, and other attorneys should do the same thing. You've you effectively not only rounded out your, your practice area, but it also helps round out your life. It, it is part of your life. I would say that if, if any attorney is looking to do a niche, what they have to do is exactly what you said. Find your why. Why do I do what I do? You know, and I've had some great guests on David Lefton, Brian Redden, you know, some, some really great attorneys and all of them have, have, have echoed the same thing. I do this because it is me. It's who I am. You know, it, it's, it, I'd almost say, go to say, you know, to paraphrase a lot of the messages, it picked me. I didn't pick it, you know, and you're why, you know, you were a kid, you saw the children, you know, selling candy and that gave you purpose immediately. I just, I want to help that situation. People that need help. Um, and, and you've done a great job. It, it, it is what I called earlier next level lawyering. You know, the fact that you've got a story about that painting behind you and it exemplifies what you do and why you do it, that's next level lawyering. That's niching. And and I think what lawyers should do is soul search. You know, it's not just a job. I mean, it can be if that's all you want it to be, right? It could just be go through the motions, go to work eight to five, do your do your thing and go home. But that's you know That's a um, miserable existence from my oh. experience. <laughs> You know, I couldn't live that way. Um, I, I this is I my this it. is my second this is my second go around. Yeah, as as an attorney practicing full time, and the first time it wasn't in something that I was passionate about, and it was it was a challenge every day. Now there's still a ton of work that's not going to change, yeah. but I love it, and I'm sure Dave, you feel the same way. You're it's not mold, easy. Dave but you love it. You've broken the mold because you have an incredible reason for it. You know, Dave, you too. I don't, I don't, you know, it's Dave's show, right? But Dave, you too. Um, and, and it, it is your purpose. It's your being. Um, I love this phrase from my mentor. Um, my mentor um, sent, sends gifts occasionally and, and on the side of a Tervis cup, kind of like what you've got there. It wasn't a Tervis. I forget what it was like a Yeti. It said, I didn't come this far only to come this far. Mm. Oh my gosh. When I, I don't feel like I'm ever finished. You know, everybody says, well, what about retirement? And I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? You're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 
I will die serving what I do. Of you know? course. I don't, I don't, I don't have the purpose of sitting on a beach or playing. First off, I don't like golf. Sorry, everybody that hates me now all of a sudden. Um, it's not my sport. It's not my thing. You know, I'm a runner, but you know, I have two purposes. I have three purposes, my family, my running and my, my, my serving of this community. I would imagine you've got hobbies. What's your, you, what's your favorite hobby? Um, right now it is working out. I love mm-hmm. working out. I love reading. I love dreaming. Right now I'm dreaming. So in the sense that um, just ambitioning, ambitioning, what do you want more? Um, so I have a six-year-old. So I, of course, if you wanted to call it a hobby. Um, so yeah, I, I, my hobbies are just very limited, but they're in the morning. So reading, I love reading, but something that is not related to law to expand myself as a human being. So I just finished um, a life force, which I highly recommend it to everybody. So it is how, I mean, I will ask you a question guys. So how long do you want to live? How, you know, 78 and a half, no, 70, I'm sorry, 79 and a half. And I know exactly. why. Huh? What is that? Why? Why? Well, insurance pays off at 79 and a half. If I go any further than that, it might not pay off. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I'll take care of my family forever in a day. And their grandkids. That's one reason. And two, um, I'll have known my grandkids for a little while and have been able to, you know, set a nice uh, impression on them as I as I try to do with my own kids. And um, and because I don't want anybody to take care of me, I, I at that point I'm not so sure where my faculties are be. And what about you, Dave? Honestly, I haven't. I don't feel comfortable saying an age because mm-hmm. I don't think it can be determined until you see where, where, where you're at a year from now, five years from now, 30 years from now, you know, it, everything could change, you know, um, like Jim, you mentioned people taking care of you. It could happen at 79 and a half. It could happen at 60. Yeah, this is true. And that could drastically change, or I could be just wanting to go on forever. Yeah. Dave, I'll say this much. Our, my pastor, uh, years and years ago, um, I used to do this ministry at the church and, and, and this is not a feather in the cap. I'm just using it as an, as the reason why the story exists. I served, um, a thousand families a year in a basketball league, um, that I ran and my pastor, you know, I told him how the struggle was blah, blah, blah. And, and he said, you could die right now and you would have served more people than most people you know, ever consider in their entire lives. And you've done it in one year. Right. And I did it over 13 years. And so really, honestly, I, I joke around about the insurance. I feel that I will have fulfilled my expectations of myself by that point. That's yeah. for me. You know, well, the, I think that everybody does. We have a fear of how we are going to end to, you know, ended up to be like, a, you know, our body. So this book talks about how all the developments, the medical developments, like stem cells, uh, how you can treat right now, you know, how, you know, the type of test that you have to be asking your doctor to actually detect early before it's too late and how to take care of your body, your mind and all of that. So it was 600 pages that it took me two months. Uh, but I love that. So that is 
you ask my hobby. We're going to link it in Amazon today in the comments. If you can get me that link, that book, I'll link it in Am yes, link sure. Amazon. Yeah, it absolutely. is amazing. It is. I, I, I will. I think that if I would not be an attorney, I would have been a doctor just because there is so much more to discover and to help people. So, and I have learned more about myself by reading that type of books before that is when the body says, says no, you know, about the feelings and how rejection of the feelings will transfer into diagnosis, like a diseases or Dr. Dispensa, the meditation and, you know, the power of manifestation. So that's my hobbies. Those are my hobbies. That those are, those are awesome. And it's important to have that outside of work it is so important. You know, I don't even consider what I do work anymore. Do you? No, I go to school. I, that's what I say. Okay. I'm wow. going to go to school. And I'm like, Oh no, I, I have been in the school outside of school, like for, 10 plus years. And uh, that's, that was come. That's what it comes out of my mind when I, I said that I've well, I was learning to the office. Day, you're, you're, you're fan. Look, you know, we're fans of you. I mean, we're just, we've always been fans I appreciate of you. It, I. Thank and, you. And, and a segue on that, by the way, we've gotten more viewership on this show today than we ever have on any one single show. Oh, so no. you got the whole office watching. Oh, thank you. I appreciate each one of you guys. <laughs> no, it's, it's Everybody. You're, you're just awesome. You're just an awesome dynamic character, you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but you are just an incredible person to, to, to talk to. So, um, you know, we really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to run out of time here, but, um, thank you so much for being on the show today and thank you for joining thank us. You, Jim, Dave. It has been a pleasure. No, Always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, day I speak for both of us. The pleasure is all oh, ours. Well, we are the we are the, we're the benefactors in this show today. No, we are too. <laughs> so well, thanks a lot. Um, everyone remember No Law from Left Behind is on every Tuesday, 1030 Eastern time. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know who my guest is next week, uh, but I'll make sure I publish it out there. Uh, if you're not a member on our No Law from Left Behind group on LinkedIn, please by all means. Uh, go to LinkedIn and find No Law from Left Behind. You can search, find the group. And if you're in the legal community, we'd love to have you part of our, our exclusive group on LinkedIn. Uh, all these shows are up there and so on and so forth. Uh, and if you want to contact Day, Day, we're going to put your contact up there. Shameless plug for the law firm. We couldn't do it without you. You know, your clients need you and they and we really appreciate you. So um, take care of yourself. You too, guys. Thank you sit, very much. Sit, sit here and uh, we'll talk. We'll talk off screen. So thanks a lot, everyone. See you next Bye, week. Dave. Bye, Dave.